Piers Cunningham on the line, our COVID-19 reporter. Piers, welcome back to our double PFM. G'day, Brendan. How are you going? Good, good, good. So, Piers Cunningham, last uh, we, we spoke to you seven days ago. It looked like uh, infection rates amongst uh, COVID sufferers seemed to be sort of, well, it's inclining upwards again. What's the trend? You know, we're hovering around the 10,000 case mark for Melbourne at the moment and for Victoria, 10,403 is the actual seven-day average has been reported to the 9th of May, and the new cases on the 9th were 12,667. So a little bit of an uptick if you look at the graph. Around the country, we've had uh, 6.3 million cases of COVID throughout the pandemic, and sadly 7,559 deaths. In Victoria, uh, we've had 1.66 million cases and 3,052 deaths. So uh, a large chunk of the uh, the total death toll for Australia, unfortunately, has, has come from uh, Victoria. In fact, the largest individual state contribution is from is still from Victoria. New South Wales catching up. They've had a total of 2,896 deaths uh, from a, a case a total of uh, 2.38 million. So the answer to your question is, is simply that, that uh, you know, COVID's not going away. These new variants, the BA uh, four and five, which we mentioned, popping up around the uh, around the world, uh, originating in South Africa, it's believed, but now appearing in Europe and the US and elsewhere, and I think in Australia. Uh, whether that's, uh, I don't think it's necessary. Those, those latest variants of Omicron that are, are still getting our numbers that high. It's probably the earlier variants of, of uh, Omicron. Certainly, it is it is driving the numbers up, and it's it's still a concern. More virulent, but not as dangerous. Well, no, virulent is virulence is actually the the, the danger, the, the the level of of sort of risk to your health. More more transmissibility, so more easily spread, but less or not as virulent as as Delta, for example, which was putting more people in hospital. Cool. Okay, so basically we're monitoring the situation then. Um, where to from here as far as our reaction in Victoria is concerned? Are we in control? Do you think, Piers? Well, look, I think it's very unlikely uh, that, that the, the state government would, would uh, resort to lockdowns. It's an election year, being a bit cynical, uh, but we were the most lockdown city on earth. Cumulative lockdowns in Melbourne were, were higher than anywhere else on the planet. And so there's a lot of lockdown and COVID fatigue. Unfortunately, a, a fair amount of complacency, I think, about the real COVID situation. So because we're now you know, doing a lot more rapid testing at home, People for convenience or complacency or other reasons aren't necessarily reporting those numbers. So that you know that figure of twelve thousand six hundred sixty-seven new cases for Victoria reported to, to uh, twelve p.m. yesterday. Uh, that that figure you know may well be quite considerably shy of the actual number because of um, you know rapid testing at home and people not reporting it to authorities, which they are supposed to do. But I think a lot of people aren't doing because it may be inconvenient with work or school or other reasons as well. So. Uh, that's that's one thing. I mean, you are supposed to wear masks in airports in Australia. And um, I was reading recently that someone that was in Canada where they said a lot of people are still wearing masks, particularly on public transport and public transport hubs like airports, train stations and so on. They got back to Australia after a trip to uh, to Canada and uh, they, uh, they said that no one was wearing masks at Melbourne Airport, even though they're supposed to. So it just seems that, you know, we've had a rough time over the last couple of years 
particularly in Melbourne with COVID and the restrictions that followed that and then all the, the flow and effects uh, to people's livelihoods, people's mental health, people's, uh, you know, all the things that they like to do with their lives, travel uh, being one of them, uh, all those things restricted. I think people, have, you know, there's a lot of fatigue and so people have got complacent and I don't think to, now is actually the moment to be complacent with with the uh, the virus sort of on the uptick and these very transmissible, extremely easily spread versions of the virus coming out. So not not the, the as deathly as uh, or as, as likely to cause death, uh, but certainly dangerous. And in people with, with comorbidities, with, with pre-existing illnesses and heart conditions and asthma and other uh, preconditions, uh, they're they're uh, they're still very vulnerable to um, to dying from these latest strains of COVID that are going around. And you've been invested in this whole area for a little while, Piers. What's your summary in terms of the political consequences for the Dan Andrews regime and the way it handled it as far as state elections are concerned later in the year? You think there are going to be consequences? Look, I, I really hope so, uh, because I think that uh, I think that people do need to, you know, how is it that we don't have lockdowns now and we've got ten thousand cases? I mean, we had we had uh, nearly forty thousand cases a day in uh, in early January, and there was no talk about locking down. Now I know that one thing, one key thing that has changed is the level of vaccination, which is pretty high. I think it's over, it's about right ninety five percent of people sixteen and over. But not everyone's been getting their booster shot. I think the number of uh, people who've had a third booster shot of, of, of adults in Victoria uh, is, is more like about, about two-thirds, you know, 67%, something like that. Um, so, you know, why not be pushing that as, a, as a, a stronger message or why not be pushing mask mandates? Because masks and, and, and hand sanitation do do a lot of good. It's been, it's been shown around the world that it makes a difference. And, uh, you know, comparing the US and Canada, for example, Canada's got stronger mandates for, for mask wearing and for, uh, you know, in, particularly in, in crowded public settings, whereas the US doesn't. And the numbers are just, you know, chalk and cheese between those two places. Let me just pull up the uh, WHO, the World, World Health Organization dashboard, which shows you comparison of, of rates around the country. It's uh, covid19.who.int is the web address for anyone who's interested. Canada, 3.79 million confirmed cases, whereas the United States, 81 million confirmed cases. And America is almost at that 1 million death milestone, 990,260 deaths, uh, whereas uh, just shy of 40,000 deaths in Canada. So I think that... You know, public settings and and um, and and convincing people to uh, to take basic precautions to, uh, still makes a big difference in in managing this disease. Um, I just thought I'd, I'd touch uh, I'd touch on a little bit on uh, a country which was perceived for, for a long time as as one of the places that really didn't have a, didn't seem to have a problem with COVID, and um, that was New Zealand. Uh, and uh, New Zealand is. Um, now getting close to passing uh, the, uh, in fact, it has passed the one million confirmed cases, uh, but it's believed that the two, that the true number could be two to three times higher than that. And again, that's because of people using rapid tests at home and not necessarily reporting the results for a variety of reasons. So that is a massive change. And uh, the other thing also that, that contributes to those numbers likely being higher in New Zealand and elsewhere is that up to 40% of infections uh, can 
actually asymptomatic, so people just don't know they've got the disease and they're passing it around, but they're not actually experiencing any symptoms, so they don't get tested. So, uh, you know, even even countries like New Zealand, which did so well for the first couple of years of the pandemic, now it's it's well and truly entrenched, particularly in a big city like Auckland, and uh, and they've got uh, you know similar sort of numbers, given their population, to the sort of numbers we're experiencing in Victoria on a on a daily basis. Well, here's my tip to you, Mr. Piers Cunningham. Please don't get Jacinda Ardern started again. I want to get across to uh, the Cook Islands via New Zealand in the next month or so. So please keep those borders open. Piers Cunningham, yeah. uh, we'll keep the microphone open for you as well when we uh, meet you again same time next week, hey? Yeah, absolutely, Brendan. I just thought we, we talked about Shanghai with those lockdowns. Yes. Um, it, it's, there's a couple of arguments for and against that, but the South China Morning Post is saying that if China did relax its COVID restrictions, one and a half million people could die, one and a half million people could die. China's reporting only an official figure of something like 15,000 deaths from the COVID, COVID pandemic. So a massive change forecast there. Uh, big impact of those lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing on business and uh, already shortages being felt even as far away as in Australia because of factories and the like being closed down. Uh, in fact, last weekend, four of Shanghai's 16 districts were told they wouldn't receive food deliveries uh, nor be allowed to leave their own houses. So things are getting pretty desperate over there. A lot of uh, expats in Shanghai really crying out for change to government policy there. Yeah, I see Mr Musk in his latest AGM as well, uh, fronting up to his uh, shareholders overnight, suggesting that his Shanghai factory, probably one of the big in the world at the moment is also mm. shut down for the moment as well. He cannot get his Teslas out of there. Could have some consequences for the empire that is Elon Musk. Um, Piers Cunningham, yeah. thank you so much indeed for joining us today. We look forward to talking to you same time next week. Thanks, Brendan. Good on you.